You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 291, the solo series. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of She Runs the Show. Cassandra with you here. It has been a minute and I have to. Okay, so let me just break down where I've been, what I've been working on and what I'm working on next, because there have been so many additional listens to this podcast. First of all, let me express gratitude for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have been on hiatus with She Runs the Show for Oh gosh, at least the last year. Uh, and I've, I've brought new episodes to the table every now and again. And I still get people listening, additional listens, new listens. And so to those of you who are new listeners to She Runs the Show, first of all, let me say thank you. I appreciate you going all the way back to episode zero zero and listening from the start. I appreciate you subscribing to the podcast. Please encourage people you know who could benefit from this, even if they're not entrepreneurs to listen to this podcast. I will be getting more consistent in 2022 with the podcast, but here's the update, not till 2022. I actually have a really full production schedule for books this year, a really full production schedule for Skillshare courses and Udemy courses. And uh, due to popular and high demand from people who are coaches, I am creating a coaching course. So that is a beast of work in and of itself. And on top of that, I'm also going to start doing some virtual conferences and summits that I lead starting in 2022. So needless to say, if you've listened to almost all of these episodes, you know, I'm always doing something. So that is there's no new normal to that. That is just I'm built for intensity and vigilant consistency. But I wanted to say thank you for listening anyway, even though a new episode doesn't drop every Sunday and Wednesday, like I would hope. And even though consistency in that way is not going to be coming back until 2022, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And know that what I'm going to start to do, which I'm probably going to do with this episode and maybe in the next few weeks, is I'm going to start to take a Netflix approach to this podcast. So literally... When the inspiration strikes, when I've got the free time to do it, I'm going to record two or three episodes. I'm going to post them all at the same time. Netflix, drop them. You know, I love Virgin River on Netflix. It's one of my favorite shows. So when season three came up, I was like, I am there. Maybe it was season two, but I'm like, I'm there. And so I watched the whole thing every single night while taking an Epsom salt bath because I've got a TV in my bathroom. And I watched it probably within a week. I just watched two episodes a night and done. So I'm going to take the same approach to this podcast because I'm going to Netflix binge it. So when I do record something, I'm going to record two or three. I'm going to launch them all at the same time. I'm not going to put them on a two week schedule. So you've got them. You can Netflix binge listen to them. And please share this uh, podcast with your friends. There are so many people who are thinking about entrepreneurship who are at the beginning of their entrepreneurial journey, or who really, they have no intentions of starting a business. But because I focus so much on mindset and EQ, they want to hear a message that uplifts them and reminds them who they are. And above all else, you know, I I built this podcast because I wanted to create a world where women could truly shift to the perspective that they could have both businesses that thrive, and relationships that rock. 
And that transcends being a business owner. That transcends entrepreneurship. So if you're listening to this and you don't want to start a business or you started a business and you really don't even want to do it anymore, this is still the place for you to be because I want you to be in constant vigilance, vigilant remembrance that you are the queen on the throne or the king on the throne and you get to run your show. It may feel like in life there are lots of people running your show or telling you what to do or there are lots of limitations, but please always remember, no matter what the external circumstances, no matter who thinks that they're on the chessboard of your life calling the shots, you are not the pawn in the chessboard called your life. You are the board. You're the board. You're not the pieces. You're the whole entire board, which means anything that happens on the chessboard of your life is still, no matter who's positioning, knight, queen, you know, crown, doesn't matter. You're the board. You run your show. You run your show. Okay. So let's get into today's topic because I have wanted to talk about this for, whew, you know, I have wanted to talk about this since June and I'm glad that I'm getting to say what I need to say about this because I just published a new book. I don't know if you've seen it on Amazon yet. It's also now on Audible. I'm so excited that ACX is, you know, approving these Audibles faster than they used to during the pandemic. That's a win. So it is now also on Audible. And my new book is called Stop Waiting for Permission, 42 Ways to Be the Powerful Creator of Your Best Life. Let me say the title again, because I've been wanting to pu- write and publish that book for almost two years. And finally, it's done. And finally, it's published. And finally, it's on Audible. It's called Stop Waiting for Permission, 42 Ways to Be the Powerful Creator of Your Life. And you can see that book and all of my books right on my Amazon author profile by going to overcomingfearbooks.com. That is overcomingfearbooks.com. All right. So... I have been wanting to talk about this since June, and um, I'm going to say, if you are in the process right now of engaging in any level of self-betrayal, number one, this episode is for you. Uh, this episode, I'm currently talking to me as well, so let's not pretend that I'm talking from a pedestal because I'm not. I'm in, I am in the hot mess of this with you, which is why I've wanted to talk about this episode since June because I'm currently dealing with myself in some ways that I'm engaging in self-betrayal that needs to be handled. So if you are dealing with self-betrayal, join the club. We're all in it. It's okay. And we need to handle our business when it comes to self-betrayal because it is not okay to keep doing so. And I'm speaking to both you and me as, as, as I talk through this episode. So today we're going to talk about what do you do when self-betrayal is the problem? Not other people betraying you because oftentimes self-betrayal is hidden behind a mask that looks a lot like somebody else doing something to you. And I'm not saying other people aren't in the betrayal process, but I'm saying the bigger problem is not the betrayal other people do, although it may seem like it at the time. The bigger issue is always the self-betrayal you're doing behind the scenes. So we're going to talk about what to do when self-betrayal is a problem. And we're going to start out with a quote I'm going to read to you from my book, Stop Waiting for, for Permission. Again, Stop Waiting for Permission, 42 Ways to Be the Powerful Creator of Your Best Life. Not a good life, not an okay life, not even, you know, a great life. Great is good. 
but 42 ways to be the powerful creator of your best life. That means something. So let me read the excerpt from chapter four. And chapter four, I really loved writing because here's what, here's the title of chapter four. The ways we were secretly and not so secretly asking for permission. Did you, do you realize that we ask other people for permission to live our best lives in so many covert and subtle and subconscious ways, and we don't even know that we're doing it? I mean, that's the insidious part. The fact that we're asking for permission and we aren't even conscious that that's what we're doing. So from chapter four, let me read you an excerpt. And I talked about a number of ways that we're secretly and not so secretly asking for permission. So let me read you an excerpt from way number seven that we're secretly and not so secretly asking for permission. And number seven is called playing small in any form or fashion. And here's the excerpt from the book. There are so many ways that we play small by not talking about our accomplishments, by pretending that we don't know things we know, by belittling ourselves before other people get a chance to do it, by not holding to our boundaries, by not giving ourselves the time, space, and credit we deserve. I could go on and on, but here's the bottom line of playing small. Anytime you are pretending to be less than who you are, no matter what the justification for doing so, you are playing small. I've said this in other books that I've written, and it bears repeating. There is no amount of playing of you playing small that will ever make another person feel big who doesn't feel that way on their own. I'm going to read that last line before I jump to the next one because it, it begs. I've said this in many, many books. I've said this in other books that I've written, and it bears repeating. There is no amount of you playing small that will ever make another person feel big who doesn't feel that way on their own. At the end of the day, playing small boils down to accepting less from others, from life, from yourself, which then leads to waiting for other people to feed you breadcrumbs in life that in fact still keeps you starving. Anytime you accept less than you deserve, you're telling the universe that you aren't ready for more. No one is going to disagree with giving you less if that's the standard you allow. I'm going to repeat that line. I want, I want that to sink in. No one is going to disagree with giving you less if that's the standard you allow. And here's where asking for permission comes in. Every time you play small in your life, you are turning over the power of your ability to leverage your talents, gifts, and skills to other people. You aren't using your greatness or moving your goals forward because you're too busy trying to hide in a corner so other people don't feel bad. It is this worrying so much about making other people feel better that actually puts all of your dreams on the back burner. And in this way, you're waiting for them to feel good so you can actually stop pretending that you don't deserve more than what you're settling for right now. I'm just going to repeat that last passage again because I know somebody needs to hear this twice. At the end of the day, playing small boils down to accepting less from others, from life, from yourself, which then leads to waiting for other people to feed you breadcrumbs in life that in fact still keeps you starving. Anytime you accept less than you deserve, you're telling the universe that you aren't ready for more. No one is going to disagree with giving you less if that's the standard you allow. And here's where asking for permission comes in. 
Every time you play small in your life, you are turning over the power of your ability to leverage your talents, gifts, and skills to other people. You aren't using your greatness or moving your goals forward because you're too busy trying to hide in a corner so other people don't feel bad. It is this worrying so much about making other people feel better that actually puts all of your dreams on the back burner. And in this way, you're waiting for them to feel good so you can actually stop pretending that you don't deserve more than what you're settling for right now. Listen, if that hurt a little bit, because even me rereading it and I wrote these words in, in Stop Waiting for Permission, it hurts a little bit. Uh, I have to tell you, it, it's showing me things that I already know, but, um, you know, it's it's getting in my face, okay? Um, if you heard that and you go, good, good, because we need to talk about this. So often we put all of our energy on what other people are doing, what other people are not doing, what other people are saying, how other people acted in a specific situation, how they let me down, how they didn't show up for me, how they didn't choose. I mean, look, and this is life and business too. I'm not, this is not isolated to personal relationships. This is professional as well, where we tell this whole story about being the victim of somebody else's lack of care, lack of uh, time, lack of effort, lack of follow through, you, what, whatever you want to talk about. Like this is, this is the place where we do that. And here's the thing I want you to understand. Yes, there are going to be people who betray you. Yes, there, there are going to be people who blindside the hell out of you. Okay. That comes with the territory of life. And you can't control the people who are going to do that or when they're going to do it to you. But you know what you do control, which is way more important? You do control the extent to which you betray yourself in the process. You do control what you allow, the standards you accept, and what you do when you figure out that you are settling for less than you do. You totally control all of that. So let's talk about some forms of betrayal. And then I'm going to talk about what needs, what needs to happen to shift this self-betrayal dynamic that so insidiously goes hand in hand with a sense of unworthiness, which then is promoted by the inner critic who is constantly raging in your ear. Let's talk about it. Here are some forms of self-betrayal. Number one, accepting less when we know we deserve so much more. Ooh, that's why I wrote Stop Waiting for Permission, by the way. That was one of the reasons. So you, you never have to ask yourself... Am I accepting less? You know why you never have to ask yourself if you're accepting less? Because you feel it. Because you feel it. You know, you know, I mean, um, you feel it. Like the level of resentment you feel when you're accepting less, the level of like, there's just this thing in your chest that gets really tight when you're accepting less than you deserve. It feels like you just feel the betrayal that you're doing to yourself. You feel like you are... You're, you're, you're jabbing your, like, you, you feel like you are inflicting wounds on yourself. Okay. You will always know when you are, when, when what you're accepting is far less than what you truly know you deserve. No one has to tell you. You already know because you feel it. Another form of self-betrayal is not going for opportunities because we let a feeling of unworthiness stand in our way. Listen, l- let me be very clear. I'm going to talk to my women entrepreneurs for a minute. And, and my women uh, who, who have corporate jobs uh, where you may not be in a female-dominated industry, okay? Because I've been an IT project manager in a past life, so I get that kind of industry. 
where you're one of very few women and one of very few women who are expected to be able to keep up with the men in the room. Been there, done that. Listen, anytime you hold, first of all, let me just, let me go in, I'm going to take it in a totally different direction for a minute. Do you know most men never really ask themselves before they go for, before they start a business that they have no experience in, before they go for a job that, you know, maybe two levels above what the, the job description says they're capable of doing. Most men never ask the question like, maybe, what, should I really go for this? I don't know if I, I don't know if I fit this job. Men don't do that in general. And you can call, you can say I'm stereotyping, but I've never met a man who's looked at it that way. Most of the men I've met, they go for positions that they so don't have the qualifications. So don't have the qualifications. And you know what their take is, what they've told me? They're like, why not? I can learn. I can figure it out. I can convince them that I'm amazing and that, that they should hire me. I am the one. Like they truly believe. Even when they don't have half the qualifications listed on a job description, even when they're starting a business that they have no clue how to run, they believe to the core of their being that they can figure it out. To the core of their being, it's their core belief. I can do this. It doesn't matter if I don't have the qualifications. I can convince the person to hire me. I can figure out really quick how to do it. I can get it done. They just believe in themselves in a way that as women in general, and yes, I am stereotyping, we tend to struggle with on a deeper level. Now, maybe that has something to do with gender and gender roles for the last 100 years. Who knows? But we got to stop that is my point. Not going for opportunities because we let a feeling of self, of unworthiness stand in our way is a deep form of self-betrayal. You know what? When you see a position that doesn't look like you can fit it, just go for it for the hell of it just to see what will happen. When you think you can't land a client contract in your business because it's worth so much money and, you know, it's, it's in the millions and you've never done a million dollar contract, go for it anyway. Ask for what you want when negotiating a contract because what do you stand to lose? Like if the contract is yours, you're going to get it. And if the contract is not meant for you, no matter what you do or what you settle for, you're still not going to get it. So not going for opportunities because we let a feeling of unworthiness stand in our way is a very common form of self-betrayal. Another form of self-betrayal is tolerating bad behavior and rationalizing it as your fault. Listen, you don't control anybody. So when somebody else is behaving badly, or when somebody else has behaved badly, and they want to try to make you feel like you're the one who made them behave that way, can you just call it what it is for the passive aggressive gaslighting that is happening in this situation? When somebody tries to tell you that they didn't hurt you, and you're hurt, can we just call it out for the gaslighting that it is. There is so much gaslighting going on in the world today. I just sit back in shock sometimes watching people as they gaslight other people. And I'm thinking, do you really think that person believes you? I mean, do do you really think like really, really? You don't have to tolerate gaslighting. You don't have to tolerate people telling you that you should accept poop from them because at least you've got poop. You don't have to tolerate bad behavior and then rationalize it like, oh, I should be more grateful or, oh, I should just, you know, I should be grateful that I at least have this or at least have this client or at least have this. No, if it's not enough 
it is not enough. Period. End of discussion. If it is not enough, it is not enough. And no one needs to try to make you feel like there's some crazy person who's super picky and super high maintenance. You know what? As women, we need to stop apologizing for being high maintenance. How about that? How about we just say, you're right. I am high maintenance. Thank you. That's a compliment. I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you. I am. I require a lot. And all you have to do is let me know that you can't meet me there. And that's okay. Because there's somebody else who will accept your low maintenance behavior, but not over here. Not over here you won't. So again, tolerating bad behavior and rationalizing it as your fault is another form of self-betrayal. Another form of self-betrayal is showing up as anything less than your most powerful self in order to appease other people. Now see, this is tough uh, in both personal environments and in environments where you don't run your show, meaning you're not an entrepreneur. When you work for someone else, it can be like, there are certain corporate environments where they don't want you to be your most powerful self at work. They don't want all of you showing up. They say they do. They really don't. They don't want all of you showing up. And in fact, when all of you shows up, they find ways to criticize you and to tell you to go sit somewhere in a corner and shut the hell up. So this one is hard to nip in the bud unless you do have your own business, which is why I encourage every woman, whether you work for someone else or not, to start your own business, to start your own side hustle. So your, all your financial eggs are not in one basket, which is working for someone else who can decide one day that your services are no longer needed. Don't do it. It, it, that is a, that is a clear pathway to financial disaster. If the only income you've got is from working for a company, financial disaster is, is there for you. Have multiple streams of income through side hustles. So when somebody tries to tell you that you showing up as your most powerful self to their corporation is a problem, you can show them your ass as you walk out the door. Just saying. Okay. So showing up as anything less than your most powerful self in order to appease other people is a form of self-betrayal. And it's one that's hard to avoid in family dynamics where a family member has financial control over you, where a family member, you live with them and it's their house. That's why you should never be doing those kinds of things. Because the moment you give somebody that kind of control and power, they do get to call the shots, which means they also get to help decide how much of you shows up to the table every single day. No bueno. Another form of self-betrayal is shutting your mouth on topics and things that your soul is screaming to talk about. You know, not every, especially if you work for someone else or if you uh, have a family member issue and they have some sort of control over you, you have to shut your mouth on a lot of stuff that your soul is screaming to talk about, which is so toxic and dysfunctional and unhealthy. And in those situations, it is a true form of self-betrayal. And if you're currently in a season where you're dealing with a family member or in a relationship or working for someone or even working with clients you really don't like, you know, like you could have your own business and still have this shutting your mouth on topics and things that your soul is screaming to talk about. Here's my advice on that one. Get out of that as soon as you can. Exit strategy, exit plan. I don't mean get up and quit your job. Foolishness, that would be. I mean, once you know you're in any sort of relationship, personal or professional, where all of you can't come out, where all of you is not respected, where all of you is not seen, valued, and heard, it's time to develop an exit strategy and get the hell out. That's what I'm saying. Other form of betrayal, silently accepting bullshit 
and nonsense because you don't want to rock the boat. This is a you problem that I'm going to talk about for a second. Because sometimes <clears throat> we try not to rock the boat when the other person wouldn't mind a rock the boat conversation. When the other person would actually prefer to hear what you really think about something and you don't even give them the opportunity to respond because you don't like conflict and you don't want to rock the boat. So then you sit in a corner silently accepting bullshit and nonsense because you don't want to fight about something. Here's my thing about that. If you are in any situation, personal or professional, where you don't feel like you can rock the boat, you need to get in the ocean and swim to another shore because this is not going to work. And I'm saying that from personal experience of trying not to rock a lot of boats over the last 20 years. It will not work no matter how silent you go, no matter how much bullshit you accept, no matter how much nonsense you tolerate. Eventually, you're going to hit a breaking point where you can no longer stay in the boat. And whether you have a life jacket or on metaphorically, whether or not you can swim metaphorically, you will get to a point where you can no longer take it and you will jump ship and you will find a way to get to another shore. So don't wait till you hit the breaking point. Acknowledge if you're in a situation where you are silently accepting bullshit and nonsense because you don't want to rock the boat and personally disrupt your own internal boat by getting the hell out of Dodge. Okay. Another form of self-betrayal, overstating your welcome in jobs, friendships, and relationships that you know you were meant to leave a long time ago. Well, well, well. You know, not all things are meant to last forever. Let me start there. And most things have a season to them, whether that's a week, a day, or a hundred years, most things have an expiration date. And at the end of the day, you can feel when you've overstayed your welcome in a job, in a friendship, in a, you already know, I don't have to tell you, I don't, I don't have to give you the signs. You feel it, you know it, you're like, I need to be out of this. And all I'm going to say, having also lived this many, many times, far more than I care to admit, the, the thing that solves this is just owning and, and owning with yourself, not with anybody else, not running to other people and saying, I hate being your friend. I don't want to be your friend anymore. I've overstayed. Don't tell other people that because then it creates a poop show you just don't need. It's about telling yourself the truth. It's about not gaslighting yourself about that first. That is the first step to dealing with the overstaying your welcome and being in places you no longer belong. I wrote a book called Love It Till It Lets You Go. And it's about that whole being in something too long and knowing it needs to be done. And, and I wrote that book, Love It Till It Lets You Go, because I was thinking to myself in many situations in years past, I was thinking, when you know it's time to go, how do you just... How do, how do you do this the easy way? You know, not that it's ever easy to move on, but, but what is the simplest way to do this? And I realized, which is why I named the book this, you have to love it till it lets you go. Complicated, yes. But the bottom line is the first step when you know you've overstayed your welcome, you're, you need to be out of something that the season has long expired. You have to look yourself in the mirror and you've got to say to yourself, it is time for me to go. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I'm not going to give myself excuses why I still need to be here. I'm not going to try to make things different. I accept all the signs that the universe is showing me. It is time for me to go. I truly accept it. I'm willing to move on. Just the willingness, like the true surrender and willingness, it opens doors. 
it, but until you get to a place with you where you say, I, I'm, I am willing to move on. Nothing happens. All the doors are shut. All the windows are shut. You've got to look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself the truth. And then you have to accept the truth for what it is. And then the doors open and you're able to walk through them. Final form of self-betrayal that I'm going to talk about today. You know, <sighs> believing that you don't have what it takes to create the life you want. Huge form of self-betrayal. Believing you don't have what it takes to create the life you want. Every time you're sitting in a place of, can I really do this? Can I really do this? Anytime you're sitting in a place of, no, no, but I don't know. I don't know. Can I really, you know, can I really buy this house cash? Can I really move across the country? Can I really start this business? Anytime you are stalled by the can I really questions of life, you are betraying yourself because you know what? It should never be a question of can I really do something? The real question is, will I do it? Will I do it? Not can I do it? Will I do it? Because see, that's different. It's not like the can part is over. You're alive. The idea came to you, which tells you that you have every ability to fulfill the idea that came in your head. It wouldn't, if, listen, if, if you couldn't do something, you wouldn't get the inspired idea, period. Okay. It would not come. It would not stay. It would not sit in your brain. It would not be in your mind all the time. The fact that the idea came to you tells you all of the can do it that you need, but it's the will you, will you make the sacrifices? Will you do the work? Will you be vigilant and consistent? Will you follow through? Will you do what you say you're going to do? Will you get rid of the distractions? Will you think positive thoughts? Will you read positive books? Will you trust yourself? Will you go after what you want? Will you fail and get back up again? Will you fail another time and get back up again? Will you make failure mean something empower, empowering to you? Will you ignore the naysayers in the crowd? And just say, if you're not in the arena, as Brene Brown said, getting your ass kicked, I am not interested in your feedback. Will you do that? Not can you do it? Will you do it? That's the real question. So, and I've gone on far longer than I wanted to. I had to say what I needed to say. So what, what do you do when self-betrayal is the problem? Because at the end of the day, we can go on a litany of all the people who betrayed us and we can talk about all the wrong things they've done. And we can blah, 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 blah. We could do all of that. The problem with that is that we can't change them and we can't fix them, but we can change and fix us. So the reality is not, the, the reality is not how could this other person, this other situation, how could they do that to me? The real question is, what am I going to do about it? How am I going to move on from this? How am I going to move forward from this? How am I going to leverage the betrayal that I experience on the outside to make sure I never again betray myself on the inside? That is what you do when self-betrayal is the problem. And you know what I'm finding? Because I'm working through some self-betrayals in the current moment. You know what I'm finding? A big piece of it is accepting that you've accepted less. It's forgiving yourself for having done so. And it's making a commitment to yourself that you will never do that again. Never do that again. And never is a very long time. And never is a very strong word. And if you talk to any really great therapist, they'll say, don't use never and always in relationships, even with yourself, because who can really commit to never and who can really commit to always? Here's where I'm going to counter that therapy notion real quick. 
if you want to to really stop waiting for permission to live your life, if you want to be the creator of your best life, you do on this self-betrayal thing have to get to a never place. You do have to get to, I will never allow my self-betrayal to get beyond a certain point ever again. The second I feel that anger and that resentment, even a little bit, I'm going to check it. I'm going to say, where am I betraying myself? And I'm going to fix it when it's this tiny little thing. I'm not going to wait for it to go on for years and years. Never again will I do that. That's what I mean when I say never again. And so at the end of the day, when self-betrayal is the problem, and in most cases it is, it's time to honor what you need and honor what you want, tell yourself the truth, and then really pay attention whenever anger and resentment come in even a little bit, and then nip it in the bud when it's small and it's been a week, not when it's been 10 years. Those are the keys to handling your self-betrayal. And in terms of betrayal of other people, let me just say this final point. There are always going to be people who betray you. I hate to be the negative Nelly in the room, but I will be. There will always be people who are going to let you down, people who don't see you, people who don't get you, people who, who have no willingness or capacity to love you. All the above, always going to be the case because everybody comes in with a different soul purpose and different soul lessons. And you, you can't look, different people are in different planes and they may never be able to give you what you need. But that's not your problem. That's their problem. That's their sole issue to work through this lifetime. Your thing to work through this lifetime is how are you going to make sure that you give yourself what you need in the form of people, resources, finances, self-care, health, wealth, all of the, how are you going to give yourself what you need no matter what anybody else is bringing or not bringing to the table? How are you going to do that? And then do that for yourself. And then do that. You know why? Because it's not an issue of you don't need somebody else to fulfill you, to love you, to grow you, to make you. You only need you. Now, nobody does it alone. Everybody has a, a tribe. But once again, if you're accepting less, then you don't have a great tribe. I hate to tell you. And you still can succeed while you build a great tribe. So if you find yourself in a situation right now where you're struggling with some self-betrayal issues, I'm going to say, don't do the blame, shame, guilt game. We all deal with self-betrayal. It's okay. And two, handle it because you can. The question is, will you handle it? Not can you handle it? Will you handle it? All right, everybody. I will catch you on the next episode of She Runs the Show. 